Hi, everybody. This is Marna Thal with the Thin Within podcast, where I give you mental secrets for weight loss mastery. And many of you have said to me, Marna, why don't you take your weekly Facebook lives and put them on your podcast? So here is this week's Facebook Live. Let's talk. Are you ready to talk about one thing that you can start doing that's going to help you with some self-sabotaging behaviors? See if you can relate to this. You start a diet. All is going very well. You feel really inspired. You feel so good about the diet you're going to be on. You're all in. You feel all 100% in and you start going with it. And then you're doing really well for a week, another week. And you're like, I'm seeing some weight loss here. I'm feeling really good about this. And then all of a sudden you go, those chips look really, really good. But I can't eat those. I can't eat those. So then you keep going and you keep going. And all of a sudden a day or two goes by and you're like, I cannot stop thinking of those chips. And then after work, you head to the grocery, put them somewhere, nobody can see them. And then kids go to bed or no one's around and you're like, ta-tong! You plunge yourself into the chips, you eat the whole bag. And then that leads you to go, oh, but that was just one time. I'm gonna go right back on this eating program. And then what you find is, oh, it's not so easy to go back on it again. I don't know if you can relate to this, but I hear this story all the time. People telling me they start something, they're good for a while, and good in quotes, they're good for a while and then they fall off the wagon. And then you think, oh my gosh, why do I keep self-sabotaging? I must not have much discipline. I must not have the right motivation. There's something wrong with me in my head. No, no. Here's what I want you to really do instead. And I really want to hunker this down into your head because some of you are still, even in my inner circle, struggling with this. Your eating plan must be realistic. It must be realistic because here's what happens. If you're feeling like you have to go off of something, then you feel like you are on something. If you're excited to go off of something and have those chips or whatever it might be, it means that in your head, you're thinking you're on something. You're on a diet, you're on a program, which means that in the nature of that, you are not allowing yourself certain things. And in not allowing yourself certain food items, then you're on a diet or on a program or on something restrictive in your head. The problem with that is that if you really see yourself or you can't envision yourself eating in a way that you have been for the rest of your life, then we're going to have some problems. My concern is, is that if you're feeling like you have to be on something, then it means you can be off something. And one of the things that I love about listening to your body, one of the things I love about really creating a realistic relationship with food, and when I say realistic, this is what I mean. I mean you incorporating those chips into your weeks, not having anything you are avoiding, 
Or if let's say you know that your body's sensitive to something, that you find a replacement for it. So psychologically, you don't feel like you're on something or restricting yourself. How realistic is your eating plan? Is this something you can see yourself doing into your 90s? <laughs> or is this something that you're like, mm -mm, no, no, but I'm going to do it right now so that I can just get this weight off and then I'll start easing back. Now, how effective is that? Usually it's not because you haven't gotten to the source of why you're turning to food. You haven't really gotten clear of why you are turning to food, why you need food, why you want those chips, why you feel deprived from them. So when you start allowing them in and you create something realistic for yourself and your life, there's nothing to go off of. There's a woman who took the, a client of mine took the 30 day challenge and she lost a lot of weight through the challenge, but then she continued to lose weight and she got down to before her pre-pregnancy weight. She got down lighter. She was less than that. And one of the things she said that was one of the nicest things for her was that when she hit her ideal weight, there was nothing to go off of. <laughs> She's like, I knew what I was doing tomorrow and I knew what I was doing the next day and I know what I'm doing five weeks from today. <laughs> I'm just listening to my body and I'm honoring it. There was nothing to go on or off of. And so I want you to think about how realistic is your eating, especially I'm concerned when we start thinking about the new year and people start getting really elaborate with their plans for the new year. I'm going to eliminate sugar. I'm going to totally go off this or that. Now, if you can do that for the rest of your life, amen. I know I cannot. And so I really want to make sure that if you're like me, that you are realistic with what you are deciding and choosing as it relates to food. Typically, it's not the chips that are the problem. Usually it's the overindulgence. It's the going on a diet, constantly thinking about those chips after a couple weeks, going bazonkers and then diving in to those chips and eating the whole bag versus allowing yourself to have chips with your lunch salad, right? We don't need to villainize certain foods. There's a lot of naturally thin people walking around eating chips, having ice cream, eating a whole variety of foods. The key difference is they don't overeat them. It's so rare that they overeat. So if you go, well, yeah, well, that's why I need to really control my food intake because I overeat. Well, that's partially true. What's also true is that you need to look, why are you overeating? What's the inner dialogue that's happening in relationship to your food that's causing you to overeat? That is the secret. That is much more beneficial to get in front of long-term so that you can have all the foods you want in your life. So, so I want you to really think about your food. Right now, think about it. What are you eating during the day? Is it realistic for your life? Is it realistic to keep this up? Or does it feel very forced? Does it feel like you're having to work really hard to maintain this certain level of eating? 
And is there an opportunity for you to include some of these foods that you've been resisting, avoiding, feel out of control with, and slowly bring them back? I don't recommend always going, oh, bring up back everything, and then you feel out of control. But if you brought back a little bag of chips, like a lunch size, that can feel much more in control. And you say, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to pour some of these out and then I'm going to clip the bag and then I'm going to just leave them there. And then if it's like you eat the whole thing, it's just a bag like that. I want you to be thinking about this, not as something to go on, to go off of, but something to do for the rest of your life. And that's why when you're looking at losing weight and you're looking at putting a plan together and you're looking at eating, that's why it has to be realistic. It has to come, it has to be a plan that you are excited to do and you want to do. I loved, 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 loved the idea that I could listen to my body. I could feel into hunger. I could feel into satiation and I could still have my cake and I can still have my cookies and I could still have my chips. I could have those things. Look at your plan, look at how realistic it is for you to maintain. And if it's not, just start finding ways that you can realistically matches your life. And be careful as you start thinking about this new year, be careful about cutting things out, making things so rigid and so strict that your brain is going to combust. It's going to go panic, apeshit crazy on you. It's gonna lose its shit because it's like, oh my God, you're making this so hard. Now, if you happen to have a plan that feels really doable, it's in alignment with you, you're honoring your body, you feel good about it, that's beautiful. When I'm teaching you to listen to your body and you go, oops, I didn't do that, or oops, that feels like a diet, it feels like rules, I want you to think about changing your mindset about that and changing the way you're relating to hunger, relating to your body, and easing in to this process, okay? So let's look at some of the questions you have. Lizzie, you said, great point, from on something to eating happily this way for the rest of my life. Yes, that is an important imperative distinction for being on something to being, this is who I am. This is my identity. And I choose this identity. I want this identity. Now, I want to be careful because some of you really want an identity of, let's say, not having sugar. Okay, let's just use that. I want to have an identity where I just don't want, I just don't have sugar in my life. Okay, and I get that. The problem is if you're having a bunch of sugar and then you create an identity of not having sugar, some of you can go cold turkey. But if your brain is resisting you like crazy and you're seeing inconsistent weight loss, then what I would encourage you to do is, is be realistic about it. Say, okay, I'm going to have sugar three times this week. And here's how this is going to look. I'm going to, at the end of dinner, I'm going to add a little something, something, leave a little room for a little sugar there. And that's how I'm going to have it. Okay. And you start scaling it back because if it's not realistic, if you want to live your life, never having sugar, that's fine. Make sure that your identity and your actions are ready for that identity. Does that make sense? It's ready to take that on full blast 
or know yourself well enough to know that I need to move into that. I'm ready to move into that. And little by little, I will move into that. Because if it takes six months for me to slowly move into an identity where I no longer have sugar, and at the same time, I didn't have any resistance along the path, and mentally I feel so ready for this and so able and so strong in my mind, in my identity, fantastic, amazing. I'd much rather you take six months to create that identity than forcing an identity on you that where your inner two-year-old, your emotional eating self, your, that part of you that wants what she wants is going to fight you every step of the way. And so you stay stuck. You don't move in your weight or you self-sabotage. This conversation has come up a lot this week where I just keep self-sabotaging and I don't know why. I'm like, well, what are you doing? What are you trying? And my client will say, I had a potential client who was like, well, the thing that I am doing, I'm getting really strict with this. I'm using what I did in the past and then I'm good for a couple weeks. And then I really just want to sneak eat and eat. And then I do that. And then I say, oh, it's just one time. Oh, it's just two times. Oh, just a little bit here and there. And then I self-sabotage. Well, there's something feeling like you had to be on something and you're having to go off of it. You're good. You're bad. That conversation is not helpful. You're not good if you avoided chips. You just avoided chips. Chips are chips. Yes, there are lots of people coming into me, moving out of dieting, but still feel this desire to diet. And I'm actually fine with all diet processes if that works for you. For me, it doesn't. I'm very clear about that. I'm very clear that dieting and my brain, that's not going to be what I'm ever going to teach because I would be out of integrity teaching that because I, I don't want to diet and I don't want to be on something. Yes, you can be going through a process as long as, let's say you're doing Weight Watchers or intermittent fasting or keto and you're like, I'm doing this forever. This is my identity. I want to work on my mindset about working through any of the conversations I'm having about wanting sugar and whatnot. Yes, that is mind work. And we do a lot of mind work in the inner circle. My hope is at some point you trust your body well enough and you're aware of the impact food is having on your body, both physically and psychologically, that you don't feel like you ever need to go on a diet, that you just listen to your body. And that if you're not hungry and that happens to be more of an intermittent fasting way of eating and being because you just aren't hungry in the morning, then fantastic. Then you're listening and honoring that. The naturally thin, they don't diet. And I just knew for me that I didn't want to be somebody who was dieting. But I know lots of you feel like that makes you feel safe and comfortable and you're working on your mindset so that it all works together for you mentally and emotionally. And I would say that's fine. I don't want to make anybody wrong because my identity is my identity. Kathy, your identity is your identity. It's figuring out what you want that to look like and to keep stepping into that and making that decision for yourself 
authentically, lovingly, and with a process that works and that you're not resisting, not self-sabotaging. Yesterday, I decided to see if I can go with, with only drinking hot water. I thought it would be really hard and I noticed I was a little worried that I was not hungry. It is okay for us to be hungry. I will not die. And this morning I was still not that hungry. I thought I would be sick and hungry. It was a revelation. Yes, oftentimes I recommend my clients to just wait. If you're having a hard time feeling into hunger and, and really feeling what your body does with hunger, if you're open, pick a day and just wait and just see what happens for your body. Again, the thing that we don't want to do is create resistance and create um, a diet mentality. We want to create peace and harmony with food and feel like we can eat those foods and still see our bodies losing weight. When we go into a place of realistic eating, it's not, I'm not saying you won't lose weight. I'm saying you can lose weight and be realistic, right? You can eat chips, but you're not overeating them because you don't have the resistance anymore and you allow them and you have them as part of your meal. When your body is hungry, you don't overeat them. All of a sudden, you're like, wow, I'm eating these foods. And what I found is that I went through a phase where I would eat different foods. I would crave certain things over and over and over and over and over. And still to this day, the price still is true. I crave something over and over and over. And then I just like lose its, it loses its craving. It kind of like works itself through with my mind and my body. And then it moves out. The only thing that has never moved out is cheese. <laughs> I love my cheese. And that has never worked itself out of my body. But a lot of things have, like they work themselves in and out, M&Ms, in and out, Oreos. I couldn't care less anymore if I had them. But for a while, even this year, I would talk about my Oreos. Now, couldn't care less. Um, ice cream, most of the time, couldn't care less. There's a lot of things that just work themselves out because I just allow them. I don't have to be on or off of anything. The chips journey really works. Started as you suggested with the small bags. Now I'm completely detached from whether I eat them or not. Am I hungry? Odd to realize that I haven't had a chip in a month or two. Once I gave myself permission to have them on the shelf and with lunch if I was hungry. That is exactly what I'm talking about. I'm talking about that is exactly. Thank you so much, Lizzie, for sharing that success because you speak to the fact that you can lose weight and include foods that naturally have been deemed as bad. Listen, we all know that a chip, it doesn't have as much nutrition value as a piece of lettuce. We know this. That's why I say this is not an intellectual journey. You go, well, I'm so smart. Why do I, I've got everything. I got my whole life together. I made lots of money. I've done so well. Why can't I figure this out? Because this is an emotional mental journey. If you keep putting these major restrictions on your brain, your brain is going to feel majorly restricted. And at some point, blow a gasket. Unless you have an amazing outlet for that. And I would say most people who are in the inner circle are definitely moving out of dieting and moving into trusting and listening to and honoring their body. And so when people typically come to me, they're like, Marna, I've been on every single diet for 50 years. I am done. I will never diet again, but help. I still want to lose weight. That's usually the type of person 
who comes to me. It's like, I just can't diet anymore. Or every time I diet, I just see I gain more and more weight. But then my brain would go bonkers. And so I was finally like, I'm done. I'm no more. I'm not going to diet and restrict anymore. I would not. I'd rather be five pounds heavier and just be me and know that I'm not going to go cuckoo crazy about everything I'm putting out in, in my mouth. That to me is worth it. For some of you, it's not. But knowing your own identity is so crucial. And knowing what is realistic for you so that you're not resisting and having so much inner dialogue about food. We are not meant to have so much inner dialogue around food. Do we have so much inner dialogue around going to the bathroom? No. And that's a physiological signal. That's something we listen to all the time. That's something that happens inside of us. Do we think, unless there's a problem, like a colitis or something, we're not thinking about it. We trust our body, we'll go to the bathroom. If you're a teacher, if you're a nurse, if you're somebody who has a very scheduled, structured day, and you're like, but this is my lunchtime. This is the only time I can eat. I would say do exactly what you do with going to the bathroom. You don't take your break and go, I'm going to go sit on the toilet just in case maybe I have to go to the bathroom. But this is my break time. This is the only time I can go to the bathroom. I don't have to go, but I'm just going to go sit on there just in case it happens, you know, preventatively. I'm going to try to prevent myself. <laughs> But some of you do this all the time. You get so worried mentally about feeling hungry, about that feeling inside of your body that's really natural. So I would always say to my teachers, to all of you that have that more structured schedule during the day, I say, what do you do if, let's say you have to go to the bathroom and it's not during your break? And always teachers and nurses and um, shift workers will always tell me, I just find a little break in between and I go, amen. That's it. That's what your body needs for you to do with food too. Not eat it preventatively, to eat it when your body actually wants it. So if let's say you're teaching a class of fourth graders and you're teaching and you're teaching and all of a sudden you're like, Ooh, I feel a little hunger coming on. In 30 minutes, we'll have a little pass or I got to wait at 45 minutes. Go in your purse, have a couple nuts. Probably can't have nuts at school. Go in your purse, have a string cheese or something you can have. Have a couple bites. Calm the panicked voice. You will be okay. Eva, I love that you spoke to that. You really spoke to one of the things that I know some of you, this panic of hunger. <laughs> like, oh my God, I'm hungry. I better eat. And I will say... Having my thyroid removed definitely increased its intensity of hunger inside of my body. And I've shared that with some of you. Um, so I do feel it more intense than I did, but I don't need to panic when I feel hungry. It's like, it's like going to the bathroom. You just feel it, comes on a little stronger, comes on stronger until you're like, I'm going to address this. So when you feel a little hungry, know that there's an opportunity for you teachers and whatnot to have something that would not be triggering to you, but that would actually help support you when you're hungry to eat and to have food and to satiate that 
hunger in that moment. And then when you have a break again, you can eat, whether that's after school, whether that's dinner now. Using the bathroom analogy really will help you put this into perspective in listening to your body, honoring your body, okay? And if you just keep thinking about, well, what would I do in the case of going to the bathroom? That will help you really put the perspective of how the naturally thin deal with food and deal with their eating. They don't panic. They're like, hmm, okay, I'm hungry now. I'm going to go eat. And if you give them food or you try to give them food and they're not hungry, they're like, I'm not hungry. Nope. Are you sure you don't want this? Nope. Don't ask again kind of feeling like they don't want food. I sometimes eat preventatively in fear of getting hungry. What are you scared of? What's the worst that happens? You're not going to die. Eva just proved that. <laughs> That's the mental work that I'm talking about of going in and looking at what am I scared of? What is nerve wracking to me or emotional or worrisome to me about feeling into hungry? And I think about this even with my kids. There's lunchtime and that's when they eat. We start young not listening to our body sometimes. How many of you are in situations where you can't get to food pretty easily? Most of us, thank goodness, are able to access food pretty easily. And if it's not easy, maybe it's you're more rural and the next grocery store isn't for 30 minutes or an hour away, you have food that you could bring with you. You have food that doesn't necessarily need to trigger you, that can be nutritious, that can make you feel and look your best, and you also like that you could have. That would take the edge off, get your energy back, and keep going on with your day. What I want you to be careful of are the excuses, are the mental excuses where you say things like, I just had a bar, that's not enough. Okay, be careful, is, is it mentally not enough? Make sure it's what you're actually advocating for and sharing is that it's physically not enough. Mentally, it might not look like it's enough. And I get that. And I get that mentally you might go, mm, I feel a little deprived mentally. That's why it's so important to mentally and, uh, and physically satiate your body when you have food. Because you might be physically satisfied, but your head is like, oh, poor me. We can't leave our heads out of this. If we left our heads out of this, don't you think I would be the first to say, yes, just let's eat a bunch of salads, a bunch of greens, let's get all of our vitamins. And we all know this already. This is mental. This is emotional. We have to bring these sides in. So watch Kathy and all of you that start to panic or worry or eat preventatively. What are you scared of? Remember, there's different levels of hunger. So you may go, you know what? When I'm at a certain level, I feel good. But when I go too far in my hunger, it's like explosive diarrhea. <laughs> Sorry for that. But really, like, sometimes you know you've got an emergency. you got to go fast. you got to act quickly. Most of the time, you have some time to find a toilet. Most of the time, it's not this, oh, my God, I need it now. So watch it. It might be that way in your head. So watch the conversation. Calm it down. Use your breath. 
There's no need to panic here. It's just food. And then look at, are you being realistic with your eating plan? And I don't even love to use plan, but with your, with how you eat and how you are with food and what you're allowing or not allowing, is it realistic for your life? And if it's not, let's bring in some more realistic foods and ways of eating those foods that make you feel in control, that make you feel good, that make you feel proud of yourself and will also help you lose weight. It's okay. You can have those things. I have barbacoa. I have pizza. I eat all this stuff from everywhere because I personally want the choice and want the freedom. That is such a huge value to me that I'm not willing to only eat vegetables. You know what I mean? I'm not willing to have such a limited eating protocol. Some of you are willing and that works and you want that and you're all in and you've got that. That's great. I've always said this. I've said, and you've heard me probably say this before, that there are athletes and there are some people that see themselves as machines and they have no emotional tie to food. So when they say, I'm just going to have steamed broccoli and chicken with a little bit of spice every single night for dinner for the week, they're able to do that. But I need my emotional part of me filled. I'm very clear of that. And so for me, for me to do that, mm -mm, not going to do that. That's not going to work for me. I love food. I want change. I want variety. I want freedom. That's important. And it's important that I also maintain a weight that I feel good at. So I can do both. When I stopped thinking I had to do one or the other, but I could have it all, for me, that just felt like really beautiful freedom. And what's so cool is in this year, I've had the pleasure of seeing so many of you prove it to yourself over and over and over. Now, hundreds of you this year who have proven it to yourself and to others and to the world and to your families. And, and it's expanded well beyond me that you can honor your body and lose weight. You can honor your body, you can lose weight, you can eat foods your body loves and your mind loves, and that you can be in a realistic pattern with food. I want to expand your comforts and your joys for your life, okay? That's part of your journey through the mental work, through looking at your relationship with food. When you start to put food in its place and not use it because it's time or because you want it, because it's there, because you have it, when you stop using that quick brain mental reaction as often and you start really sitting with your emotions, sitting with your feelings, looking at what's going on under the surface and you stop being scared of that, but open to it and open open to looking inside your brain and seeing what's going on, that's when you will start finding that, yes, you might use it a little bit for comfort, but then you start finding the joy in not using it for comfort. I don't like it anymore to use food for comfort. It doesn't feel good. It feels like I have an issue that I need to work through. I don't like that anymore. I don't like when I overeat at a meal 
And I know there was something going on that I was not present to, and that it's an opportunity for me to look at that. Listening to you makes me think that I want to develop other appetites for fun, adventure, connection, creativity, etc. Yes, yes, yes. And in one of my podcasts, I say something which rubbed people the wrong way, where I was saying, I want you to get a life. I want you to get a life. And, and people are like, well, how dare you say that I don't have a life? Well, here's what I mean. I didn't mean that you, all of y'all don't have a life. But when so much of your thinking is around food and your pleasure is around food, I want you to expand your joys, expand your life joys, your purpose for being here. Your purpose for being here. I think enjoying food is fine, but it's not to just enjoy food. It's there's so much greatness that can be expressed. There's creativity inside of you that's bursting to come out, bursting to be seen. And so I love that, Lindsay. Love that. Nurturing and developing your other appetites for fun, adventure, connection, and creativity. That is so Fabulous. Teresa, you say, yes, I want to be that person that no longer uses food for other reasons. I do recognize now if I eat too much, I don't like how I feel. So that feels good. Woohoo! 44 pounds down, girl. You rocking. You are rocking. Those pictures in the inner circle, amazing. Yes, 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 yes. That's what happens when you don't force yourself to tell yourself you can't have those foods. You want to be a person that no longer wants to use food. That's a different conversation. I don't want to be controlled by food. Skipped having my lunch today to listen to you. And how does that feel? Now, if you feel that you're getting hungry a little later, Miss Paula, fantastic. Then go and eat. Teresa, I love, love, love that you shared this. That I want to be that person that no longer uses food for other reasons and that you now recognize that if you eat too much, you don't like how it feels. That is what I see as a really pivotal, and it actually gives me goosebumps, transformative moment. When you all of a sudden go from not being aware to how much you're eating and unconsciously eating and grabbing food to being much more aware and then going, you know what? I don't like the way this feels. I don't want to, ch I choose not to be this way now. I choose to honor my body. And when I don't, it doesn't feel good and I don't like it. So I'm going to go back to that. That's a pivotal transformative identity moment. Awesome. I'm so, so happy you got there. Congratulations. So good. And I'm so proud of you. My daughter allows her son three and a half to eat when he wants. We all sit down to dinner and he does not want to eat. My instinct is to tell him to sit and eat. My daughter tells him, I'm so proud of you for knowing when you need to eat. So there's a lot of research on this. I used to have a wonderful partner, Kim Hyatt who got her PhD in this area. Here's what I encourage. So here's what I say about kids and food. I wish I would have exposed my children earlier on to more food, more food, more healthy food, more avocados and just more. Maybe they would have eaten them. Maybe they wouldn't. They have a very limited diet. So I wish I would have exposed them early on as babies, six months on, right? 
to a huge variety of food because I, in my thinking, I don't think I expose them to enough. So that's one. Two, I let my children pretty much eat whatever they want when they're hungry. The only time I might say, let's not have food right now is when I know I'm making dinner and in 30 minutes, we're going to sit down to eat. Don't go grab something. I'm making dinner. My sister, who's very naturally thin, it would drive my mom crazy. She would make a snack after school. She wouldn't be hungry for dinner. And then she'd be hungry later on. Now I was more the yes girl. So I was like, yep, yep. I'll have a snack. I'll eat dinner. I'll eat after whatever. <laughs> but she would just listen to that. She was like, I'm not hungry. So she'd have a few bites of dinner and then she would make herself something almost always afterwards. <laughs> I love the idea of having children really stay connected to their body and integrate as much healthy, amazing foods as possible. That would be my hope always for children so that they keep their body and that cognition and that inner connectedness in their system for as long as possible. He then eats usually later and then he enjoys his food. Yeah, well, he's kind of telling you when he's, when he's hungry. Now, if there's a way, let's say he's eating right before you all sit down, then I would expand that. I'd be like, you know what, sweetie, let's just wait for a little bit longer. Let's just wait because we're making food right now. Are you open just to having some water right now? Fill yourself up with some yummy water or have some yummy tea. All right, my kids love hot tea or whatever. And then try to make it so that everybody's sitting and eating at one time. But there are many times where my son may have four bites and he's like, I'm satisfied as well as my husband, as well as my daughter. My daughter sometimes has breakfast. My husband never has breakfast once in a while on the weekend. They just don't. I am a mix. I sometimes have breakfast, sometimes don't. My son, if he doesn't have breakfast, he is not a nice human being. And it is very clear he is really hungry. So he eats a ton for breakfast, usually. So see how it's all varied and different? And I don't ever say eat more, have more. What I will say with vegetables and some of those things that my kids are reluctant to eat, I'll say, I would love it if you tried it. And they understand why. It's better for your body. It will give you so many minerals. It's so good for your brain for your muscles they'll understand why they'll try it most of the time they don't like it and there you go so that is my shtick on children it's a really important question you will have other coaches that are more in the diet nutrition realm that will say no you need to feed them this and exactly this and exactly this I can tell you I have very thin children I very naturally thin eating thinking being with food children um my daughter does love a lot of sugar that is true and it's her body i will encourage she knows what i do she knows i will always encourage and offer options and i'd almost rather her listen to her body and then as she gets older open up as i'm seeing her open up and having more vegetables and things because i'm not forcing it on them so I want to encourage you to not feel like you have to say anything because I really like the idea of your grandson stepping into keeping that intact, okay? 
it's kind of like what we're all saying, right? Like we're listening to our bodies. It's not always super programmed and convenient. Does it mean you can't sit together? No, I make my kids sit with me because I want to hear about their day. I want to hear what was going on. I want to be in connection with them. Absolutely. And when they want to get up because they're like all of a sudden satisfied, no, sit your tookie down. Talk to me, share with me, tell me more about your day. I want to have the experience of the meal. I'm less interested and concerned about how many bites, finish your plate. I don't want to do any of that. No, I've never done that because I want them to listen. But I want the connection with them. I want their connection with me. I want to hear how everybody in the family is doing. I'm big on that. So I really want those times with everybody. And I hope that helps. All right. Talked about lots of really good stuff. Thank you all for amazing questions. These were fantastic. Wishing you an amazing, amazing day. Look at how realistic you are with your food. Is your way of eating realistic for your wants, for your mental and emotional and physical needs, or does it need to be adjusted? so that you are no longer feeling like you're on something that you have to go off of or off of something you need to go on, <laughs> all right? All right, everybody, have an amazing day. Big hugs to all of you, and I will talk to all of you soon. Bye, everybody.